Guys, I know, <laughs> I know, I know I'm a week late, but we're going to deliver this episode, okay? We are going to deliver. We got a guest, baby. We got a guest, and for me, kind of, I mean, kind of like as full circle as it gets for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, today's guest is the voice of a generation. If you're a 90s kid, you are going to be stoked for this one, okay? If you're a 90s kid or if you're a Pokemon fan, I have the voice of a generation, Jason Page, joining me today. If you don't know who that is, he's the lead singer, not the lead singer, he's the singer, he's the singer of the original Pokemon theme song. And I'm freaking excited, okay? I'm excited for this one because if you've listened to this podcast ever, you know that I am a freaking 29-year-old nerd who loves Pokemon, everything about it. I collect it. I'm starting to watch it again. So this is kind of a big deal for me. This is uh, this is one of those guests that... Uh, Yeah, I'm excited to have him on for you guys to hear, but really, I'm excited to talk to him. Like, I'm excited for this episode. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pause the podcast and I'm gonna come back when I have Jason. Um and we're just gonna get into it, all right? So pause now and we'll resume in a second. I got Jason Page here, the voice of a generation. Many generations. Many yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. So, uh, yeah, I we're just going to get right into this. Um, how, how did you become the singer of the original frickin' Pokemon theme song? The frickin' Pokemon theme song or the Pokemon theme song? The frickin' Pokemon theme song, because I'm, I'm excited for this one. I, I, told, I told the listeners that uh, this episode is, it's going out. But it's mainly for me because I am so ecstatic to have you on. <laughs> Thank you, dude. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I'm a session singer, but I changed that term to a vocal gymnast or vocal acrobat, where I go around from studio to studio, at least in, in between the years of 95 and 2000 and, well, 2016, uh, I and even still after that, I do hundreds of sessions, sometimes at, at two or three a day for various products, various jingles. Subway, eat fresh. The quilted quick picker up be all that you can be. When you get nausea, hot and indigestion, down, upset stomach, diarrhea, and many other different ones. So I'm, I'm jumping around from studio to studio. The place I went to uh, that I sang Domino's Pizza Delivers was uh, rave music, paradise music, and that, strangely, that kind of young Domino's Pizza Delivers sound is kind of the Ash sound. I had written some jingles uh, for, for them as well as a writer because uh, writing jingles was uh, part of the way to get into the be, be a session singer 
for all of these various companies. Um, the sweet spot is the singing, uh, but I did write Lego Mania, Lego Mania. In 1995, and that was on a whole bunch of jingles, on a whole bunch of uh, Lego commercials um, between the year 95, 95 and 2000. And I just did a remake of the full Lego Mania theme song, two and a half minutes, with a rap section and a bridge and two verses and outro that's epic, and it's going to come out in uh, hopefully next month. Wow. Um, for, the, for the Lego Maniacs to use on their videos and basically ignite the power that's inside you yes in the lego maniac holy moly now i'm understanding is out there basically so i so i did the session for this company that i had worked for before um but you know it, it was a regular experience for me to go into a studio and do that as it kind of still is um although now i do a lot of it from home because we can work from our our home studios to do these sessions for people all around the world um matter of fact i did a thing for uh you can't fight the power of the seal team <laughs> this cartoon called the seal team and and they released it i think it's a netflix series uh and, or movie and they're in south africa whoa they're about to hit animation conventions and festivals and they want to do a video for the SEAL team and create all kinds of products based around the SEAL team. And, you know, it's just like these these things are seeds that I plant and then I move on to the next thing. And the Pokemon seed was planted in 1995-1998 and grew into this jungle ecosystem of incredible opportunity for billions of people mm-hmm. to express their love of Pokemon through all the things that they do, events that they create, channels that they start, videos that they make, music that they create, costumes, art, you know, it's just like an endless ecosystem of people expressing themselves right. because of their love of it, and that's what you're doing right here. Exactly. So thank you for your efforts. I spent four hours 25 years ago, and you spent 4,000 or more hours, I can't even add them up. Man, sure. man, I, I'm 29, and... Uh, I have been interested in Pokemon since my first card that I was ever given was a uh, a jungle sparrow, and I thought it was I thought it was the coolest thing that I've ever. I, I didn't realize at the time, of course, that it was pretty much in every single pack. <laughs> but but I thought that thing was the coolest thing, and it has just kind of ignited something in me with Pokemon that uh, hasn't stopped to this day. Yeah. A PSA 10 of that card is probably worth about 50 to 100 bucks. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and if you got a Jason Page autograph, it hey. might be worth two. <laughs> Whereas that card in every pack was, you know, three, four cents. Exactly. The market value increase on a four cent card that now is a $200 item with yeah. a Jason Page autograph and a PSA great and if you get the jason page original artwork oh hey yeah yeah i know i know about it (laughs) yeah the artograph is what i call it. the artograph and it's if people don't know what i'm talking about you draw on the cards and it is actually i i wasn't i didn't know what to expect and i started looking at them and i'm like 
these are freaking these are these are sick they're actually they're, they're really really cool um before you before you sang the theme song did you have any idea what pokemon was from the article that was written about the kids that had the epileptic seizures from that one episode, that's kind of what I knew. Oh, the flashing uh, light one? really knew in the, in the States. Uh, and then, of course, during the session, we watched the video mm. of what the show is. Um, and, I mean, it, it, it's not dubbed yet, so we're just looking at the visual. And, you know, they tell us what it is. And there's plenty of projects that come through that are unknowns I mean almost, most projects that we do are an unknown it's to be an unknown Legomania commercial that we don't know is going to happen and uh, you get briefed in the sessions as to what the client wants it to be and how they want it to go and uh, then you try to fulfill that objective and at the time the objective is basically to be the voice of Ash right to you know to to, to to represent that character and that character represents the brand of course at the time it was catch him if you can pokemon catch him if you can and that <laughs> that's what the that's up. what the original one was yeah that was the original after that went back up to the client they were like no that's not no 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 no, no. <laughs> and then they changed it and did they gotta catch them all and we you know went with they went with that one um but yeah you know they have to have a really good idea of what they want their product to be and they give the music producers the music house that brief and then the music house you know goes to work creating or crafting that thing that best represents it and bringing in the singer that best represents what they want I mean they could have said we want it to be want it to kind of sound like Ray Charles and they'll be like how will be like no one ever was you know and then it'd be like and they would have called me too because I do Ray Charles. Uh, <laughs> but, it, but you know, it depends on what they what the, what they they require, and uh, and then they get to work making it happen. I, I really enjoy that process because it stretches me to satisfy an objective that I wouldn't necessarily have on my own. You know, my my objective as a, as an artist is to express myself in a very unique way emotionally and my ideas and my thoughts and my my observations about reality but when somebody comes in and they say you know it's this character and he's going through this and we want him to sound like this then I get to sort of be challenged to be you know to to, to, to stretch my abilities into whatever that uh, requirement is and it leads to a more robust sort of life because now I have more opportunities because I can do more things. It's kind of like people ask me, what's your favorite Pokemon? And I'm like, I don't have favorites, I have experiences. Because each Pokemon, if you invest in that Pokemon's uniqueness and what it can do, then you learn how to train that. To train them is my cause! Man! <laughs> the best way is you get the nutrients from that Pokemon and you broaden your, your, your value as a trainer. If you only know how to train Pikachus, then you know, you, you're you're done. Yeah. You need yeah. to train all kinds of things. You need to expand your 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 skills to uh, adapt to a ever changing world that has vast opportunities. Wow. So, when um when did you realize that the either either the cartoon or that the card game was gonna be something that it was gonna be you know a big deal? Um. 
when did I realize it? I think when, when, when it was on TV, and you know what it was? It was when they said they wanted to make a they wanted to make a a, a long form version of it. Okay. Um, and like, law, well, we want to. They want to make a second verse, and then they want me to sing "Among the Road to the Big City." Wow. That was when. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I don't know if it dates. It's 25 years ago at this point. Right. <laughs> right. 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 But but the, when I walked into Blockbuster Video, videotapes. You guys <laughs> remember what those are? <laughs> um, and there were these room greeters on the. On, on, uh, that they were selling of Pokemon room greeters, these little Pikachu, these little Squirtle and Charmanders that would sing back to you. Matter of fact, I have one right here. Oh, it doesn't work anymore because uh. the batteries are 25 <laughs> years old. But it goes, gotta catch them all, Pokemon! How freaking cool. Squirtle, 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 Whenever somebody walks by it, it makes the noise and the blockbuster people I bought it for my grandparents and my mom I was giving gifts of it because I had my voice on it right and uh, <laughs> the people in blockbuster were like oh I'm so glad you're buying those we hate those things they're making all this noise all day yeah shut them up and it was really funny man how uh, things that, have, that have changed time. right like, my voice my voice is on a toy that's that's huge yeah yeah I mean Back to those blockbuster guys, they would be lucky enough if if any of them took one of those home now. <laughs> you know, exactly. you know what exactly. I'm saying. Like the amount of things that have been in my possession, and then I either you know got rid of it, sold it for next to nothing. It's uh, it's crazy this little Pokemon journey. Because like yeah. for me, you know, it kind of for me it went. A little dormant like once I was in you know middle school high school in my early 20s it kind of like was quiet for me then I started watching um, I think I think Leonhart was like the first guy on YouTube that I saw opening packs and it just re-sparked all the nostalgia for me yeah Hey. Oh, nice. When yes, yes, I did a Leon Hart, I did a Leon Hart parody, and uh, he's a great dude. And then I went on his channel and, and did a did a live pack break. Oh yeah, you guys ripped packs tennis. together. And then he invited me to sing the Pokemon theme song when he came out of Creator Clash at this arena where he was boxing. I saw that. Epic. I saw that. Epic. That was that was really cool. Did you go to his uh, his pop up shop too? I did not. That's one thing I regret because he's just doing huge things. This is an example, like I said, of superheroes in the world using their Pokemon love and the, to, to, to create amazing content for the rest of the Pokemon ecosystem. Yeah. He's, he's like, you know, he's a superhero on, on that level. Did um, I'm, just, I'm just trying to catch up. Did you notice? Catch up to the other. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta catch up. <laughs> did you uh did you feel it go like did did Pokemon quiet down for you a little bit and then cuz I mean right now it's it's as big as it's ever been. Did you were you like noticing that? Um well I had been trapped in a Pokéball after 2000 
until uh, 2016 when Pokemon Go came out. I have never... I, I used the Pokemon theme song once or twice to do some parodies online, and I think I did one collaboration with a friend of mine who was a Pokemon fan um, in 2014 or 15. But besides those two, you know, random random things, and they didn't get that much attention, um, I had never performed the song. It's just one of the many credits on my resume. Uh, I didn't sign any Pokemon autographs. It was nothing, you know, because all the kids that grew up on Pokemon were not grown yet. Right. They're still in their, you know, late teens and, uh, and, and weren't, the, the market wasn't there until these people became 20, 23, 24, 25 year old adults yeah. having disposable income. And Pokemon Go came out, and all of a sudden, you know, all of those kids got united by this this common game that wasn't for kids, that was for adults. Mm -hmm. And it captured the adult Pokemon market. And now the collectibles market is capturing the adult Pokemon market, and, the, and all of those people are now understanding the value of the cards that they found in their, in their mom's. Uh, storage when they were trapped during the pandemic yep. cleaning out the garage found the book and was like oh shit I found the book and then they went online and said let me see what these are worth and everybody at the same time went online and was like what oh my god my Charizard's worth half a million dollars oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then of course that created the market Leon Hart and all of these people um, but yeah that's, that's pretty much you know how how, how that went down I mean, it, and it's still happening, you know. It, mm -hmm. it took time for the for the Pokemon kids to grow up and mature and have disposable income, basically. Yeah. For me to be contacted by media organizations because those kids started banging the song on Spotify again. Right. During the Pokemon Go craze. And then I started hitting Comic-Cons, which I didn't even know existed until 2016. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and at the Comic-Con... Everybody's booth has Pokemon stuff. Yeah. So wait a second. This whole freaking Comic Con, freaking Pokemon theme song, freaking Comic Con <laughs> is is seventy five percent Pokemon products. Right. What? What? Everybody's booth has Pokemon. Every, I mean, just like literally, almost every booth, whatever they're selling, they have Pokemon versions of it. Yeah. Um. So I was like, wow, I'm going to go to Comic-Cons and sing the song for these people. And I did it for the first time in 2016. And I couldn't believe that I, that, that the, the phones came out and the crowd sang along and it was packed. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is the rock star that I, in my mind, I knew I was. Mm -hmm. But in reality, I've only been you know, with blood, sweat, and tears, and with other projects with Michael Jackson, you know, I'm doing these these other gigs where I'm trying to be something in this other arena, and it, and everything is behind me in the Pokemon arena. Right. And I just all I had to do was turn around, and there it was. Right. But the whole time, but like I said, it, it wasn't there ultimately until the kids grew up. Mm -hmm. Um. And, and then in 2020, I discovered the cards. As I said, when people this people discovered their cards, yeah, and they were stuck at home, and so now the cards have their own ecosystem of collection, 
where I go to events in, in at, at card shops. Matter of fact, I'm going back to uh, the Netherlands at the end of this month or end of next month if it's June June to uh, hit some more stores because hundreds of people will show up at a store with their Pokemon cards, the card stores, to get their cards blessed, and then some of those people are selling them for more than twice as much. So, right. you know, I'm helping people actually capture value and continue to to grow their collections because the doodle bring me you know a ten dollar card and I'll, I'll sign it for whatever 40 bucks 50 bucks and then he'll sell it for 150 dollars yeah and then he'll buy more pokemon cards and bring it back to me and like it's just like a business built out of love that is just making people happy at the same time and then he introduces his kids to it and those kids are going to grow up and the same thing is going to happen when they got when they hit 20 25 and have disposable income so it's not going to stop anytime soon and and the content that i can create for people like this interview really makes people happy and and you what you're doing is a great thing it like it it, it, it it's 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 nostalgia it's our it's our connection with our childhood. It's our connection with the purity and the love and joy that we experienced. And you're helping people trigger that joy. And it's probably triggered in you now by having me on the, the conversation. And I, I'm glad and profoundly grad, profound gratitude that I can do that for you. Yeah, for those people. For, yeah, definitely. Like when I tell people that I collect Pokemon cards and, and Pokemon products and they don't really understand I always break it down to them like when I open up a pack, it takes me back to being 10 years old opening a pack. And I still get that same joy when I pull even like people kind of shit on hollows. But like if I pull a hollow, I'm like, sweet, that's cool. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, dude, you're screaming out loud. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really, though, you said you said um, for the theme that. They wanted you to be kind of like that the voice of Ash. How do you feel about Ash now leaving the anime? Um, well, I think it's good. I think, you know, they need to... I, I, I wrote a song called uh, Last Goodbye that is dedicated to... Disclaimer? Ash. Real quick disclaimer? Yep. I cried. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm getting all these comments... Of people saying I cried and wow, what an amazing tribute! Thank you so much for this. They're like, it's like basically I sang at the funeral, and now people are leaving comments on the website. You can go to my website right there. Um, comments at the funeral wall. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't consider it a funeral. I consider it a graduation, and yeah. that graduation is going to lead now that now that people we're empowered with. Uh, uh, these apps and our ability and the computers and you know Ash came out there was no internet pretty mm -hmm. much we weren't even on the internet let alone able to create our own animation episodes music voiceovers from our phone if we wanted to right so what he's graduating to is the fan base that is now creative and creating their own versions of him moving on so you're going to see a whole bunch of Ash growing up, Ash getting older, Ash having a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a they friend, whatever Ash wants to do at this point. <laughs> in the imagination of the Pokemon fan, 
that's what you're going to see. Yeah. And they're no longer going to be tied to what Pokemon is giving you about Ash. They're going to create their own narratives, and it's going to be really, really cool. So, you know, he's been on hormone blocking therapy for 25 years. He's 37 years old. It's time for him to grow up. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. What's uh What's the coolest place that you've gotten to travel uh, because of Pokemon? Um. Well, there seems to be. You mentioned no the Netherlands, right? Yeah, yeah. The Netherlands. I'm going back there next uh, the end of this month. Uh, but I've been to Dubai. I've been to Qatar. I've been to wow. uh, the Malaysia. I've been to. Um, <coughs> um. Well, I guess I, I wasn't hired in Singapore but I went to Singapore and did some Pokemon stuff while I was there um and uh there's there's uh, a lot of interest in Australia somebody just wanted to put me on a five city tour but I haven't been there yet and I also am negotiating with with somebody in the Philippines which oh, cool. I hear is Pokemon obsessed as well so they're just they're just places South Africa wants to book me there's just I've been to Canada, but I think out of all of those places, um, it, it would have to be Malaysia. That was the, the coolest thing to be in this totally foreign land with a completely different language and still have tons of people showing up to get autographs and uh, and have their memorabilia signed. It was pretty phenomenal. That is. A, um, <clears throat> that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Um, do you have? And this is a question I'm really hoping you have something for. The weirdest Pokemon fan interaction. Um, weirdest. Yeah, something that just that sticks out in your mind. Like that was uh, that was strange. <laughs> well, I signed a couple of asses. Oh. <laughs> but I think what what uh, strange. The strange, uh, you know, it's, it, 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 I, I was asked to, to write the lyrics in my handwriting and autograph, and it was tattooed on the back of somebody's leg. Wow. With my handwritten <laughs> lyrics and autograph, um, which is not not so much strange as people have Pokemon tattoos all over their bodies lots of people right but now a, po- a tattoo with my actual handwriting yeah um, and a second person act- act- asked me to draw on their skin so that they could have the tattoo artist just draw over it oh that's pretty cool um, which is really cool so it's kind of an autograph yeah put on somebody's body um uh one dude brought me some of the first things that I was selling on my website many years ago and he had like they were his he was following me from back in the day and he showed up at a comic con and had all of those things and showed me his collection of my autographed items before I even had the Pokemon cards right so it was really that was pretty cool um weirdness is uh is is that's a it's a relative phrase i guess yeah the the signing of the asses that's up there that's up there (laughs) that qualifies it was actually a dude saw the girl's ass that i signed 
signed, and he wanted his ass signed too. So <laughs> it, was, it was, you know, Jason <laughs> Page, signer of asses. <laughs> are you uh, are you a bigger fan of Pokemon the brand or the community? Um, oh, absolutely, the community. I think that the com- the brand sits on top of the pyramid, the hundred billion dollar brand, mm-hmm. and then there's probably a trillion dollar industry of community underneath with with fan created content and and artwork and shirts and events and you know my interaction is with the trillion dollar people on the bottom the billion dollar i'm sorry hundred billion dollar brand on the top i don't have any interaction with at all right and they they do things and people criticize it and it they certainly create content but i I, they're they're they create a just they create a smaller percentage of content than the people on the bottom trillion of the pyramid. Yeah, I get. They yeah, they control it and they can stop the bottom trillion at any moment. But it all funnels back up to them. So, uh, I'm a big fan of how they've been able to manage being on the top of the pyramid and to encourage and inspire the bottom part of the pyramid to to be the brunt of it right you know and to act with their to be allowed to act with the love that they have Mm -hmm. to create this content and you know a lot of companies don't don't let the copyright they don't let people create things unless they're getting a cut and pokemon lets people you know there's there's Pokemon conventions. Pokemon has nothing to do with. Yeah. There's Pokemon music that, that people, that, you know. There's Pokemon art and, like I said, all those things before that that Pokemon has nothing to do with. They might get a little bit of uh, publishing money if somebody uses the song, but they let this. It's probably one of the most covered songs in history. Uh, people are all over the place covering this song everywhere and that's the thing they could be like Don Henley and be like no you're not allowed to sing Desperado oh sorry I just sung it on your oh <laughs> uh, you'll have to cut that part out because Don Henley will come after you <laughs> for singing that word with those four notes wow um, but Pokemon allows the song to be distributed and you know through all of the covers that people are doing and then they collect a bit of the royalties on it and you know, it gets the brand out in it, and it allows the love to be shared. And there, the, whoever's managing that part of it is doing a great job. Yeah. So, you know, we can criticize the show or the cards or the games or what they're doing with the different characters, but what they're doing with the ecosystem is the most important part. Yeah, definitely. Allowing us to do what we do, and you know, they could, they could. They could stop everybody. Well, I mean, they can't stop everybody, but they they can stop whoever they want with you know with legal battles, even if they're not, even if things are in fair use. Right. Um. And they and they and they don't. I mean, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. You said um you said you don't have a favorite Pokemon, but do you have a favorite Pokemon card or a favorite Pokemon card artist? Um, well, obviously we like the, we, we gotta go, Mitsuhiro Arita is a, is, is a legend. Oh, yeah. Just, you know, penning these things initially. 
creating these characters. I don't know if he he created the character. Somebody said, get him a drawing that their 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 eight year old made and said, "Hey, make this into a thing." You know? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he did. He does, he knows what he's, he he created a lot of characters, mm-hmm. but he may have had a template as well. Just like the song was created from a template, right? Um, and some of this new art is really special. Yeah. So, uh, and Yuka Mori is in, is special too because she's doing these things that aren't even drawings; that they are sculptures in the real world so yeah. there's a lot of really great things happening yeah. um, in terms of my own collection uh, I've got a I've got a whole varied swath of, of different things from the OGs to the new stuff that I can't even tell what it is right. it's such a bizarre looking modern card yeah. to like the OG uh lenticular ones that are like special lenticular mm-hmm. versions of different different characters um so so there's not one that I'm that that is it I I, I understand why the Charizard is the huge one because back in the day that was the card that would help you win the game right so everybody wanted that card to win the game and 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 it became the most valuable card back in the day, and now it's the most valuable card to get in a PSA 10 right. autographed by Jason Page and Mitchell Hira, double autographed. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> Any um, anytime I see, uh, you know, it's just still just the uh, the artwork is kind of basic compared to some of the other stuff. Yeah. You know? Anytime I see like a Tomokazu artwork, those ones, uh, I'm a big fan of of that guy's art. That dude, he yeah. does some stuff that I'm just like, and and it's so uh, distinct too. Anytime like you you pull a Tomokazu card, the artwork is so like his brand that I'm just like, I always get taken back by just the artworks of the cards. Even even some of the cards like like that Sparrow card that I told you, you know, is in every pack. There's some yeah. cards where I'm just like, this card deserves better than to be a common card in a pack yeah. Yeah, um, yeah yeah I know what you mean are you speaking of the cards are you a fan of uh, them switching from yellow to silver because I don't know how I feel about it yet the borders you know that set that's just in the in the, in the, the last couple sets right yeah yeah that's uh, I think well, they're starting yeah, it now I, I, you know what I didn't think about it at first and now when I just Thumbed through some cards, I was like, "This is kind of odd." But this, this silver, it's kind of grayish. It mm-hmm. doesn't really, it doesn't pop. I but, thought the um, yellow popped a little more. Yeah, the yellow pops and the silver is kind of odd. And you're like, I, at first, I was like, "Am I? Oh, are these real?" Am I the <laughs> yeah. I was like, Wait, oh no, I grabbed the wrong stack. Like, oh. Yeah. So it just it threw me off a little bit, but uh, you know, uh, it, good for them to to mix it up a little bit. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I got uh, I got one more question for you, and I'll let you get going. Um, if you had, this isn't based off of you know strength or being the very best. This is just your favorite. Who is your party of six for Pokemon? Um, let's uh, let's throw uh, High Dragon in there because he's already three. Okay. And there's only one. I like a Doug trio in there too, because that's another three. <laughs> so, so that's what you're two. 
we get a uh, we get a we get a Mr. Mime in there. Okay. Be- because he can orchestrate everybody like <laughs> almost a human can. Yeah. We get a Jinx in there to uh, to show to show his tits. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then let's get a. Uh, how many you got? They got four. You four, got four. four. And let's uh, let's 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 get the OG Zard and a Pikachu. That's fair. To balance it all out. That's fair. That's the the first four interesting, but. Uh, <laughs> I like it. I like that it's unique. Yeah, we got two human-like Pokemon. We got two three-headed Pokemon. <laughs> and then we got two... Classics. Two yeah, classics. Beat that. Beat that. <laughs> yeah, that was... that was. Those are good. That's a good... Uh, that's a good... That's a good party of six. I'm going to let you get I'm going. Familiar with, I'm not familiar with all the powers of, of each one, you know, and how they would be compatible... Yeah, you know, from a trainer's perspective. Nah, but, uh, that's not what we're going for. We just want, yeah, yeah. we just want a solid six. Yeah, I'm talking about, you know, I need a six for the TV show. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna let you get going. You did mention something about, uh, and that was gonna be one of my questions about the Michael Jackson song, but I think we could save that for a, another podcast, a future oh, yeah. podcast. We'll uh, we'll we'll take a a turn from Pokemon next time. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of other stuff to talk about. Absolutely. Thank you for, uh, thanks for giving me some of your time. Absolutely. Anybody needs any Jason Page autographs, you can go to jasonpage.com slash shop and uh, send me your stuff, bulk discounts from stores. If anybody wants to become a distributor, you can, you know, absolutely, absolutely do that through the website as well. Um, and uh, check me out. On my website, if you guys and my socials, if you want to come actually see me in person, because I'm all over the map. Yeah, you got anything to uh, you got anything to plug for recently or coming uh, up? This weekend, this weekend, Odyssey Games in Pasadena. The next weekend, or the the, the tenth in Lompoc, California. The eleventh in Mohegan Sun, Connecticut. The sixteenth, probably in Vegas. And then, uh, then I'm in. Then I'm gonna be in the Netherlands for Dutch Comic Con and a couple of stores uh, the following week, the last week of June. You're and maybe Manila. Come on, <laughs> hoping that happens. You're a busy, busy man. Thanks again for uh, for giving me some time today, and uh, look forward to uh, talking to you again. Excellent, dude. Hit me with the links when this comes out. Will do. We'll share it. Have a good Bye, one. Bro. You too. Peace. See ya. There it was, man. Jason Page, the voice of a generation. How cool is that? I was on 10 that entire freaking frick, frick, frick. I was, in, I was on 10 that entire episode. I was trying to keep it, you know, PG, PG-13, because that's, you know, typically not what we do here. But when you have the voice of Pokemon coming on your podcast... You do what you gotta do to keep that shit PG. All right, we're gonna get out of here, man. What a freaking see! I'm saying freaking too much now because I'm trying to not swear. But holy crap, what a fucking interview! 
Until next time, guys. Peace.